is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, the analogue TV podcast that has been on for 22 years. It feels like it. But, I mean, we, obviously we haven't been on for 22 years. I'll tell you who was on for 22 years. I'm okay. getting right to the point this week. Russ Abbott. Russ Abbott. 12th of April, 1980, which, as you may well know, is mm-hmm. two days before I was born was the beginning of the Russ Abbott Madhouse on ITV, which then switched to the BBC to become Mm -hmm. the Russ Abbott Show. And then it switched back to ITV for another couple of years before moving to Radio 2, where it ran until February 2002 for 50 more episodes. So overall, the Russ Abbott Show ran from 1980 to 2002 Seven series and six Christmas specials on ITV. Six series and six specials on the BBC. Another two series and another special back at ITV. So that's 132 TV episodes plus 50 radio episodes. That's a lot. That's a legacy, that. It is. A, it's a, well, it's a lot, you know. <laughs> I don't know where the dividing line is between a legacy and just a lot. But I do wish to make it absolutely clear that I saw nothing that constituted a legacy in the 30-odd minutes of absolute fucking televised toilet (laughs) that I've I've seen twice. And the second time was no better than the first. In fact, if anything, it was probably marginally worse. Yeah. So... Make the case for the defence. Everyone on the feet, please. For that merry man about law, beak of the week, let's have a big, warm, old belly welcome for... Jolly Justice Abbott! (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blue, have we got a wonderful court case for you? Justice. Well, this is episode three of the first BBC series, Russ Abbott Show. First broadcast on the 20th of September 1986. As you quite rightly said last week, it was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, went out at 19.35 hours, which is uh, quarter, quarter, 25 to 8 in normal. In between Every Second Counts with Paul Daniels and the third ever episode of Casualty. Okay. And obviously, Russ Abbott, big signing for the BBC. He's aided and abetted with a cast which is interestingly divided up in the credits. There's a special guest star. Mm -hmm. That's Les Dennis. It wasn't really a special guest star. He was on it every week. Yeah. But special guest star. And then featuring Bella Emberg. Yeah. And then the rest of them listed... In a great lump and mass. Mm. So there's your hierarchy. Yeah, I wonder what that actually means, you know, in practical terms. It might mean that Les Dennis got a few more shillings every week in his pay Mm. packet. Why give them different titles? Well, obviously, you know, Les Dennis had seniority and he'd already had his own 
show on the BBC, yeah. didn't he? He was, um, in a way, taking a step back to be the the foil, mm-hmm. the the straight man. But and I think here's the thing: as we've said about Les Dennis, mm. this is now his third appearance on our podcast. as the straight man mm-hmm. so actually I think he was very comfortable taking this step back mm-hmm. it always seemed to be when I was growing up I used to watch this programme every week I thought it was uh, jolly good fun but I was probably you know seven or eight years old mm. I will confess that I found this a little bit disappointing perhaps <laughs> But what I will say, here's the good thing about the episode, is so many of these shows, including Les and Dustin's laughter, whatever it was called, show, will begin with your opening titles, you know, songs of joy and all that business, and then straight to the studio for a bit of a monologue. And Russ didn't do that. He never did that. And God bless him. Yeah, well, first things first. Yes. The opening titles. I strongly yes. advise anybody listening to this to not bother watching this program anyway. <laughs> but I certainly recommend uh, that people who suffer ill effects from strobe lighting mm, give it a very, very wide berth indeed. There is a horrible, I think it's red green, <laughs> strobe effect in the opening titles that comes without any warning whatsoever. They hadn't invented such warnings back then. Yeah, I can't remember when they introduced them. It was probably not for another kind of ten years after this. I think that it was as a result of video games. Yeah. So you're probably looking at Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2 sort of time. So maybe another six years. Yeah. By the, So by the end of Russ Abbott's run on the BBC and ITV, maybe they would have had a warning, but of course they would have changed the titles by then. Yeah. So, this was 1986, yeah? 20th of September, yeah. 1986. 1986. So, if you can survive the... Epileptic fit. Epileptic fit that could likely come from the opening titles. (laughs) You're straight into a, a, a very brief sketch in which... Russ Abbott is doing his Cooperman thing, Cooper which Man. is Superman, except it's Tommy Cooper. When I was young, I never really got that. Well, here's the thing. Tommy Cooper died two years before this went out. He and he did. died on stage. And I saw it. Well, he died on stage and uh, you saw it. I'll tell you who else saw it. And that's Les Dennis, mm. who was, I think, next on the bill. Yeah. With Dustin G 
and they had to go and uh, pep up the crowd afterwards. Mm. I mean, Tommy Cooper was a hard act to follow normally, so God alone knows what they did. I don't really know. I, I just, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've got no objection to people doing impersonations of people who are deceased. Yeah. But if you're doing an impersonation of somebody who's alive and then they die, surely you have to stop doing that impersonation. Well, uh, that was he doing Cooperman all the way through? I mean, presumably he was. Well, there's a bit later on where he's doing a judge, which is part Tommy Cooper. Well, I think the judge owed quite a lot to Eric Morecambe as well, who had also been dead for two years yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, So it, I, it does. He's like a serial shtick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'll give him Jews if he if he started doing them after they died. Fair, fair play. Mm. All right. Not not funny, not my cup of tea, blah, 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 but not actively offensive. If you were doing impersonations of them while they were alive and they died, you've got to, you've got to give that up, haven't you? You would think so, yeah. Do you know, it's do you know what I mean? Weird. <laughs> but the thing is that the whole show is this mishmash of different things. Yes. And almost all of them. Uh, just these kind of blanched out versions of other people's comedy routines or just well, ideas that have been lifted wholesale from somewhere else mainly Christmas crackers well you know there's a like there's a Jekyll and Hyde thing the day of the Jekyll yeah which is I, I, mean, I, I would be staggered if every other comedy duo that you could think of hadn't done that skit already yeah, yeah. Jekyll and Hyde every, they must well, all yeah. they must all, I can't think of any off the top of my head but tr- trust me on this there's a number of well trodden paths in this program because the Cooperman sketch as you say was very short and aside from a few more meaty things such as the Jekyll and Hyde thing most of it was very very quick sketches mm, yeah and the Subject to the sketches were all extremely well-trodden paths. Yeah. Teddy boys, rednecks. Yeah. Um, bumpkins. Yeah. A Gumby. A, a fly in my soup joke. A Chinese waiter. Bank robbers. Teddy boys again. Spivs. Yeah, but he's rattling through these jokes. But they're done like kind of whole scenes, you know. The whole scene is set up. Everybody's got their clothes changed just to deliver this one line. Well, this is one of the things you were you were particularly angst-ridden about was the huge budget that had been thrown at this program. Yeah, I mean that it's which pre- presumably could have been spent on something else. Exactly, it's quite clear that they have chucked money at this. Elaborate sets have been set up. There's they they do for some reason. We'll come back to this, I'm sure. Russ Abbott seems to think he's a singer. Well, yeah, I mean, Russ Abbott started his his showbiz career as a singer, and this episode does duly feature two songs, which I think is probably about standard for the Russ Abbott show. Yeah, and he sings the theme tune. (laughs) And he sings the theme tune, of course, yeah. But he's on that line where he can't quite decide whether he wants to be a singer or he wants to be a 
comedian. Yeah. And when they do that, they do this song about people who work on the dustbins. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, like I say, we will come back to all of this in a bit more detail. You'll be delighted to hear. Yeah, yeah. But when they're doing that song, it's such a massive set they've built for it. It's an incredible thing. Yeah. It's an incredible set. And I don't know whether they've just lifted it wholesale from something else that the BBC were recording at the time. I have no idea. No. But if that money was specifically sent then for that one song and the yeah. fucking Russ Abbott show, then I, you know, that's the sort of thing that makes you start to think about just withholding your licence fee. This is, this is how it begins. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a number of BBC programmes that subsequently used it, but I wouldn't bet against it being built specifically for Russ Abbott. Well, no, because the other thing is that it keeps on happening as well. Yeah. All these five-second-long sketches are being done in these different fairly convincing-looking sets. You know, I wouldn't go so far as to say they're fancy, but... They're not made up of old bric-a-brac. They're convincingly made. And to do yeah. that number of... I mean, how the hell much does that sort of thing cost? There is a definite gloss yeah. and sheen about the, the programme, which perhaps the material can't quite live up to. And all this, repeatedly, just to deliver one really tame joke. They are very tame jokes. I wouldn't go so far as to say they're... Well, they are completely derivative. You know, they've been written for the show. They're not... I didn't hear anything that I'd heard before. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably not. But that doesn't mean that it was any good. Because it wasn't. Because it was worse than all the jokes you've heard before. That's the thing. (laughs) It's true. I mean, at least it wasn't too racist. It was, there was the one racist joke. Well, it, actually, it wasn't even a racist joke. It was uh, Les Dennis was playing a Chinese waiter. Yeah. And the joke was that the man's accidentally drunk the soy sauce instead of the wine, which isn't really a joke as much as a happenstance. Waiter! Yes, sir, what you want? This wine tastes terrible. Uh, no supply, sir. Yeah, but let's not gloss over the fact that Les Dennis blacked up for it and was making a slitty eyes face and speaking in that voice let's not shy away from you know of saying that the joke in itself wasn't a joke at his expense although the studio audience did laugh when he came out and i think that was intended while while we're on the subject of um, unreconstructed humor we should probably get on to the role played by Bella Emberg in Proceedings. Yeah, well, let us begin with um, Russ Abbott's five minutes of fat shaming. Dr. Profile is... It. Now, Dr. Profile was a running character, I believe. I should emphasise that if you listen to the lyrics to the opening title music sung by Russ Abbott, mm-hmm. it does say... After saying that songs of joy and tears of laughter are all we need to lift our hearts. It says, inventing people, finding names, crazy songs, crazy games. I think that gives you a very interesting window into Russ Abbott's creative process. Inventing people, finding names. And it's true to say that all of these fleeting characters, they're all introduced by name. Dr. Profile, Dr. Heinz von Meatball. Judge Jolly Justice Abbott, 
Cooperman. They've all got they've all got their own little silly name. Right. It's it's very considered. Doctor Profile is a. Um, I would just like to quickly point out there. Yeah. That if he'd spent a bit too bit more time on the jokes. And a bit less time on the coming up with a fucking name for everything. Yeah. Dr. Profile is a, a, a private practitioner of medicine who offers a sort of a holistic healing whereby he has extramarital affairs with dolly birds. Yeah. But then imagine his horror when Bella Emberg, a woman who is probably... Not a dolly bird by anybody's reckoning. No. Enters the surgery. Uh, one at a time, please. I don't do block bookings. <laughs> There's only one of me. I've got this weight problem, you see. Get away. <laughs> and I've heard about your alternative medicine, so I thought I'd come along and let you examine me. But it could take months. <laughs> do you want me to get on the couch? Oh, no, it's just totally steel. <laughs> Shall I get undressed, then? Please yourself, but I'm going home. <laughs> There's no real joke there. Apart from you're fat and also ugly. Yeah, that, that's it. That's the joke. And he just basically, he then takes five minutes to tell her <laughs> how much Ow. he doesn't want to have sex with her. And um, <laughs> how fat and ugly she is. How fat and ugly she is. That, 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 <laughs> that happens. It did happen. I saw it with my well, own eyes. Well, you know, I'm just glad that I'm not being some liberal, lefty, metropolitan elite. No. Whatever. I, but, it, I mean, that's what it is. You it know. was disappointing, really, because there wasn't anything else. No, there was there no was, There, there was, was no, no other line. meat on that bone. No, there was no punchline. And then, you know, after a quick sketch where, where Russ and Les are a couple of spivs... Yeah, we're, we're back to yeah. Day of the Jekyll and Bella Emberg appears as oh. the housekeeper and, and it's straight on again. If you're, if you're wondering how relevant that is as a cultural signifier, <laughs> I was born 27 years after the end of World War Two, and I was 13, no, just, four, just turned 14 when this TV show came out. What the hell was Spiv supposed to meant to me? <laughs> and and that's and and so that gives you an idea, I presume, Spivs. of what the target audience is for this program. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very uh, reasonable. You know, point. it's it's and and the thing is that I'm now forty eight and getting towards the age of the audience that was the target audience for this, and I, I'm pretty certain that if I'd watched this when I was thirteen. I probably wouldn't have laughed at the Bella Emberg thing, but I probably wouldn't have been as outraged and really angered by it as I am now. Yeah, different world back then. And it's, But I wouldn't have thought that it was much good, this programme. Yeah. And also, in the intervening 30 years, you've not learned anything new about spivs. You know, life hasn't opened up the world of spivs to you. Yeah, this is already post-Dad's Army. The amount of stuff that I know about spivs all comes from historical documents, of which this is one. And uh, when this was made, it was a historical document, because there hadn't been spivs since... I mean, God alone knows. Yeah. 
it was alien to me in 1986 and it wasn't it wouldn't have been funny to me in 1986 in 2021 even though i'm now very close to the age that they're targeting this at i find it even less funny and considerably more annoying than i would have done then russ abbott is uh, has a type he very much he plays the authority figure whether or not he is um you know authoritarian is another matter but he is always the authority figure he's a doctor he's a psychologist he's a judge the only yeah. time that he doesn't play the the lead, because even in, when he's doing the songs, he's the lead navvy in the road. He's the he's the king of the yeah he's the king of the he's, bin men. He's the king of, king of the bin men. Yeah. The only time when he plays against that type is in the bank robber sketch where you've got Les Dennis and another stooge, a Scarface and Knuckles who are planning a a bank robbery. Looking not dissimilar, it has to be said, to a couple of spivs. Mm. And then in steps Russ Abbott as Geronimo, the simpleton getaway driver. If ever a bank was saying, come and rob me, it's this one. Right, where's Fingers? Fingers can't make it, he's sending another driver. Oh my God, I hope it isn't crashing McGurk. Why? Don't you remember that time I told him to fix the Malone mob? Oh, yeah, you told him to bury them on the new flyover, yeah. That's right. I says to him, I says, use one villain to eight parts cement. <laughs> yeah. What did he do? Yeah. He used eight villains to one part cement. <laughs> exactly. There was bums and arms sticking up all over the place. <laughs> now it's the only flyover on the M1 that gives its own end signals. <laughs> Don't worry, Scarface. Figures assured me he's gonna send an ace wheel man. Right. Baby, you can drive by. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe this. Who are you? Geronimo. Toes sent me. Toes? Uh, fingers, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you said you wanted a driver. Are you a wheel man? Of course I'm wheel. Yeah, it's weird, isn't That's... it? He Well, because the thing is that he did that more than once as well, just not particularly on this programme. Oh, well, you yeah, know, he, always, he, he always did it. The Scottish thing, the Scottish fella, was... Oh, yes, so, you, Jimmy. ...was, I think, presumed to be stupid, you know. Well, he, he was Scottish. Yeah, after all. <laughs> you know. After all. I mean, what, what yeah, other qualifications Yeah, he was need? just, you know, incomprehensible and stupid. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> and... and So he's got these two types that he plays. He's not. A, he's not completely afraid to play, you know, the idiot. Yeah, but at, but heart, at the same time, he's an alpha yeah. male. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the doctor, and you know, he there's not a huge array of types. He's either, you know, alpha, or yeah. he's an idiot. Yeah, and even when he's an idiot. He's in complete control because his idiocy is the deciding factor in what's holding well, things back. The bank robber's sketch, the conceit is that he is an idiot and the bank robbers are stupid. Dr. Heinz von Meatball. Hello, are you Dr. Heinz von Meatball? Yeah, that is correct. Head shrunk value weight. Hmm. Psychiatrist. Mm hmm. I think this is a very important sketch in here. It shows, once again, that Russ is playing. Uh, an alpha figure, a, a very eccentric alpha figure. Yeah. 
Uh, Les Dennis is playing the Stooge and continuously breaking character, which infuriates me. And it's not his first rodeo, as far as that is concerned. <laughs> Dr. Hines on Meatball Sketch, I think, is absolute perfect, Russell, because it is quick-fire sort of linguistic jokes shot at just like a cannon, like a cannon full of turds. They're just firing that shit out mm. to see if anything sticks. If you didn't like that joke, there'll be another one in along in a minute. But do remember that joke because we'll be referring back to it. You know, there's a whole skein of jokes about being a dog. Do you think you're a dog? I used to be a boxer and being on the couch, which, of course, you know, it's a psychiatrist sketch by the numbers. So there's going to be a couch. Yeah. Yeah. There's some exciting uh, week play. I mean, Russ Abbott goes to great lengths throughout this to hide the fact that he's bald. Apart from in Dr. Hines von Meatball when he's wearing a bald wig under a wig. Mm. I think that's possibly the only moment that was surprising or funny in the whole episode. Yeah. Was when he took the wig off of his Dolly Bird assistant so that he could cover his baldness. And it wasn't that funny. No. I mean, because Russ, Russ Abbott famously has had two weaves. <laughs> and the first one, the first one fell out, and because uh, yeah. it was like one of those really early shitty ones, and yeah. then the second one was, you know, a lot better. And I think he's gone bald again because he's pretty, he's pretty old now, isn't he? Well, I mean, he was born eighteenth um, of September, nineteen forty-seven. So yeah, he's getting on. So he's yeah, he's seventy-four now. So I think he's just I think he's just let it happen this time. When he was in um Last of the Summer Wine, mm. he was bald, I believe. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I want to like Russ Abbott, you know. There's a lot of episodes all out there, they're all be archived, they're probably all on YouTube. I'd you know, I, I'd love to love it. I like Russ Abbott as a we're back to the, the Les Dennis thing again, and we keep encountering Les Dennis and he's continuously disappointing in a really annoying and irksome way and I will continually say yeah, I like Les Dennis I like Les Dennis and I do like Les Dennis I like Russ Abbott I think they're both admirable men mm. but I'd, I mean what they do just doesn't stand up to scrutiny anymore mm. but th- then again at the time when I was eight say or in this in this case six although I don't know whether or not I would have been watching Russ Abbott at 25 to 8 on a Saturday. I was probably in bed. It's just it's just not good. You look at other stuff that they've made. Yeah, I think you've always got to look at it in terms of what has already been and gone. Yeah, so, yeah. I think, that's, you, if, I think that's fair. I mean, actually, um, one thing that I did notice was how few YouTube comments there were. Yeah. There was only six. That's that's really not many. Now maybe no. it's that that particular episode isn't a, you know, anything like the most watched episode of Russ Abbott, and there's a whole Russ Abbott community out there. Well, that uh, uh, that asks a series of questions. It's no, it's like of their own. it's likely that there is, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to upset them. The Russ Abbott set. Yeah, the Russ Abbott set, but. I just didn't take 
any entertainment from it. There what was, about? <laughs> there was nothing about, there at all. What about the most rip roaring comedy sketch of the whole thing? Jolly Justice Abbott, the judge. Once again, it's just hurling jokes out. Um, yeah. Bellerenberg stars as the prosecution counsel, who obviously, is, it is pointed out to her, is both fat and ugly. Yeah. And meanwhile... And a woman. The de- yeah. The defendant is a glamorous French dolly bird, who yeah. obviously did it because she accidentally admits to the fact that she did it. Russ just gurns and mugs his way through it with erectile flaps on his wig. Yeah, I mean... A, vent- a ventriloquist dummy, and then, of course, it's revealed he's not wearing any trousers. Yeah, I mean, let's um, sort of briefly consider <laughs> that this is an entire justice system that is set up for the sexual proclivity of this one insane man. Yeah, he's not particularly interested in, in whether or not this woman yeah, what was she crime. charged with murdering her boyfriend murdering her boyfriend <laughs> which you know if you were thinking that you might like to get stuck up her yeah. which is something that you could do in 1986 without censure yeah then it's, it seems quite germane quite a germane thing to know mm. that you know here's by the way before before you get too enamored of this woman she kills she yeah, kills her mate. She murdered her boyfriend. <laughs> and, and, but the, and it's not just a matter of that, you know, I just want to warn you. <laughs> no. She did actually murder her last boyfriend. There's no suggestion about that. The fact that she's free is because she fucked this insane judge who was yeah. like a cross between Eric Malcolm, Tommy Cooper, and Bruce Forsyth. There was a definite Brucey. Wasn't there? Yeah. It it was it was really difficult for me to get past that and onto the jokes. Well, it's probably for the best. Mm. The jokes were fit on the ground. Now we are loyal bin men, your garbage we collect. Know us we are bin men, that's what you might expect. But have you ever wondered? As we practice our art Exactly what is in this lot We're loaded on the cart A pair of left-hand mittens A single hard-boiled egg You'd be surprised what people throw away A pair of nylon tights that's got a handy extra leg You'd be surprised what people before we leave Russ Abbott, we should probably talk about the two songs, which, you know, by proportion, take up quite a lot of the 30-minute programme. The first one features him as the leader of a gang of motorway repairmen. We never fix the motorway, we just move the cones around, is the essential is the essential thrust of that. Nothing particularly notable there. There's a broken-down Lancia Delta, topless Lancia Delta, full of dolly birds. So, you know, all of the lads can ogle some birds. Mm-hmm. It's another song where he's singing it and he's not quite sure whether or not he's going to play it straight or go for the laughs. But I think that the outstanding song is the final set piece, which is the last bit of the programme. 
Ah, oh, well, yes. I mean, the singing... The Bin Men. Yeah, the Bin Men song. Um, Excellent what's, set. What's interesting about the Bin Men song... Yeah. ...is that he keeps slipping out of his Bin Men accent <laughs> and into his kind of crooner voice, which yeah, is yeah, cl- yeah. clearly his natural kind of singing voice and his yeah, preferred style. he's caught in style. between stalls, isn't he? And that, for me, represents the inner struggle. <laughs> the dichotomy of Abbott. The dichotomy of Abbott. The id yeah. that thinks it's somewhere between Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. Russ Idbutt. And the ego, yeah. which is an end of a peer comic. Les Dennis isn't, isn't held back by any of these uh, problems He's just Les Dennis. I don't know who is the super ego. It might be Bella Remberg. <laughs> yeah, it's not Les Dennis. Yeah. It's this inner tug at the heart of this alpha male is all represented in this yeah. one particular struggle on the screen. I was fascinated by it. Grimly fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's it's also it's an interesting song in terms of its lyrical content, because it's a song about being dustmen, you're yeah. taking away people's rubbish, yeah. and you'd be surprised what people throw away. Yeah. Well, first of all, I expect the binmen not to go through the bins. You would like them to not do it, yeah. You know, if we're honest. I mean, if there's something screamingly obvious that somebody's chucked away that is worth something, then I'm not going to object to them keeping that aside for themselves. That's obviously completely fair. But actually rooting through people's rubbish <laughs> is a different matter. Yeah. But the, I think that the key issue here is there is a very long, long list in this song of things that you'd be surprised that people throw away. Yeah. And I wasn't surprised by any of them. Here, do you remember that, that brief period where all anybody could go on about was shredders? Shredders? Yeah, and it was all like, oh, you've got to shred your papers. You oh, get yes. your papers through, make sure you shred them. Shred. Got to shred. Yeah. Everybody has well, to buy You must own a shredder. Well, <laughs> it is true. I do remember it. I, I was never particularly party to... It maybe maybe I was being ripped off the whole time by unscrupulous well, bin men. I mean, I, I remember it. I remember kind of like newspaper articles and magazine articles and this, that, and the other, which were like, "You've got to get a shredder." Yeah. Here's the best shredder to get because bin men are selling your. They was people will go through your bins, they will steal your 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 bank statements, and they will yeah. just take all your money, and they'll do it. On an internet, on the interwebs, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now they just they just nick your card. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, yeah, nowadays they just you know, we make it easier for them and they take advantage of it. Steal, go steal your your Wi-Fi and they steal your yeah. email. Password. I mean, we 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 accept that level of risk, don't we? At the end of the day, I've I've made a list of the of the things that you'll be surprised that people throw away. Oh God. Um. I'm, I'm going to go through it here. I just want to say mine first. Okay. Because it's the only one I can remember. Yeah. And that is a a single boiled egg. Yeah, a single hard boiled egg. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, stop me if uh, I say anything that you'd be surprised that someone's thrown away. We've got a pair of left-hand mittens, a single hard-boiled egg, a pair of tights with three legs, a nearly life-size portrait of the monarch of the Glen, catsick, ballpoint pens. <laughs> I mean, who's surprised when a cat is sick and you throw it out? Ballpoint pens, conceivably, unless they've already run out of ink. Thing for seeing backwards, a second-class band of oak medal, a statue of the Pope, Janet Rieger underwear ripped up for rags, funny food in sticky plastic bags, eight metres of elastic, a loaf of garlic bread, a dead buttery gar, a pork pie with a sell-by date, May 382. Now, I'm not sure whether that means, means May the 3rd, 1982, or May... 382 AD. Either would be a risky pork pie to eat, but the one of them would be extremely dicey. If he is the sort of person that gives everybody the name, <laughs> he is also the sort of person who would give a pork pie in his song an exact sell by date. Yeah, it's probably true. Uh, what else we got? Super glued Y fronts, a pot of goo, ancient spats, gas bills. You want to shred them. Toilet roll dispenser. Well, that's exactly what I mean, you know. (laughs) Avocado vinaigrette, a plastic mac, a prawn Danzac, a porn mag, and some cheese that's turned green. Yeah, well, it's nice to see that he... he, Because he he keeps the bongo mag, don't he? He does keep the... Yeah, (laughs) that's one one for... I mean, at one point, you do see see Russ taking a, a bribe from somebody who'd obviously thrown away something indiscreet and didn't want the information to go around. Uh, and Les didn't get any of the bribe. No, of course but, not. Only the silverback will benefit yeah. from this But Les did manage to, to pocket a grumble mag. So, yeah. you know, at least, at least yeah. he's going to get a wank out of it. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, God. <laughs> because that's what people use them for. It's a peculiar... As you say, it's there's a psychological... Struggle going on, yeah, but it, at the the very soul, for the battle for the soul of Russ Abbott, yeah. Uh, Les Les Dennis has got a porno mag, so he's happy. There's this extremely elaborate set, which is sort of spotted with do- again dolly birds wearing negligees and underwear and stockings and suspenders yeah. for some reason. Benny Hill, and then of course there's um, Bella Emberg wearing a house coat and a cloth tied around her head and things it's it's a bizarre it's such a bizarre thing to have spent probably quite a lot of money on Mm -hmm. and that's just one song it's one song at the end Mm -hmm. of a a thing and that's the it's the last thing so that's you know even wanting and again you know when this sort of thing keeps on happening you've got to start asking the question of did they really build that set for that song yeah they probably got about three series of johnny briggs out of that set after afterwards yeah oh it's just it's all oh it's just i mean i want to like Ras abbott i did see him in coronation street yeah uh and he was decent it wasn't like kind of overplaying his role or anything like that good luck to him for having having a career into his 70s well he's been very successful in the musical theater as well yeah, yeah. So you know, he's a, he's had a good career, even if it's not my thing. He's yeah. had a good career, and and I do think it's fine for me to not find him funny, but to kind of like him. You know, 
I don't see any contradiction in that. No, I, I've I've had uh, experiences like that with comedians in the past. You know, right? Well, it's with very you. Affable. You know, I don't think you're funny in the slightest. <laughs> Still one of my best yeah. friends. Yeah, well, that's a that's a sad state of affairs. It's a it's a it's a modern Shakespearean tragedy. I saw another episode of Russ Abbott, and I nearly watched it today, uh, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is: Should another one pop up in your um, things to watch? I on am YouTube? almost tempted to go looking for one from. Maybe ten or twelve years later. I, if I were you, I would probably go four years later, because that's that's the Russ Abbott I remember, and I remember it being hell's a popping. But mm. I was ten. Yeah, no, I'm I'm minded to go to about maybe ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, something like that, and see if there's any there from then. And if there are, then I'll give it a go. And I can't <laughs> believe it'll be as bad as that. I don't think well. it will. I don't think it will be. <laughs> So I'll report I back. I'll report I, back. I hope it. I hope it won't be. But I do fear. Creamy, creamy centres. You got any good, delicious, creamy centres this week, oh. Mike? Uh, the contents of a single hard-boiled egg pulled from a bin. I watched a video on the story of Balloon Fest '86. Hang on a minute, Balloon Fest '86. Yeah, I'm already intrigued. Uh, they let off a million helium balloons at the same time in the <laughs> centre of Cleveland, Ohio. Why did they do that? It was like a, some sort of marketing thing or other. Okay. And obviously it backfired. Yeah, it backfired. They think two people were killed. That's impressive, um, really. But it was only like a very quick video. I watched a video on the failure of the Fire Festival. I will always watch a video on the failure of the Fire Festival if I've seen oh. one of those. Uh, I well. saw a metric fuck ton of West Bromwich Albion videos because I was writing a piece about West Bromwich Albion. Yep, I saw that. And uh, other than that, just about the usual, really. It's not not a particularly exciting um, week for me, TV wise. I've actually been quite busy. I tell you, actually, I tell you what I have been watching that doesn't really quite count as a creamy centre. Is that I finally caught up and got the first five episodes of Air Crash Investigation, the new series, series okay. twenty one. They got any good crashes? I've, I am three quarters of the way through the first episode, and the first episode is really good so far. I'm on the edge of my seat. It's uh, <laughs> well, no, you know, it's like um, I think I know which way it's going, but I'm not completely certain, wow. and I, I don't, I don't know. It's a really, really weird one, though. I've uh, I've had quite an interesting and checkered week of mm-hmm. creamy centres. Um, one of the things that I've watched this week is the opening night of Sound TV. Yes, um, which is if you're a subscriber, Patreon subscriber to this podcast, you will be getting a little exclusive extra everest extra extra everest it's another podcast basically it's another podcast yeah but it's about stuff that doesn't really fit but that we uh we want to we want to do anyway we want to we want to discuss uh we need to talk about fucking sound tv because i tell you what (laughs) jesus all i say is the hubris the sh- a short-lived British television channel from the early sort of cable era. So I watched that. 
I watched Murray Walker talking to Keith Hewan, the motorcycle racing commentator, about John Surtees. That was very interesting. Okay. I watched a Vice documentary about the presidency of Donald Trump, which was sort of edited to within an inch of its life. It was very stylized. It's by mm. Vic Berger. And God almighty, that was terrifying. I, I, I realised that I went into some kind of stasis yeah. when Donald Trump became president of the United States because it was too horrible to contemplate. Yeah. And I realised that I was right to do that because I would have lost my goddamn mind otherwise. Yeah, I, I daren't go back and look at it again because I the think that I became... Fucking idiot. I think I became just kind of immune to it very quickly. You know, it was like, it was just such a relentless torrent. It was like, oh, what's he done now? Oh, what's he done well, now? Yeah, and and I got, it, I started to get fed up with the whole of it, the whole thing about it. And of course, that's the aim. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why they do it. It's not, they're doing it just to grind you down, just to, to, to give up the fight. Just, uh. I, I found it an interesting video to watch interesting yet terrifying yeah because because it was a bit like watching a a video about a natural disaster and assuming that it can't happen again well it was like um you could merge if you could merge the pandemic and him together and it's amazing that we went immediately from one natural disaster into the other you know they just blended into each other and the virus ultimately just swarmed over him and finished him off, didn't it? Well, I mean, um, it's uh, possible. I mean, I think later historians. Well, no, I think I think it was the, it was it was the pandemic what won it. Good the old last, COVID. The last the last presidential election, but I, I think if you could merge those two stories completely together, and having him being the president during the whole of the pandemic then you'd have a terrific disaster movie. And unfortunately, well, unfortunately, that kind of happened for a year. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. And that breaks my fucking heart. You wouldn't have to do too much to that particular time and the three years before it, which were all fucking building up to that moment. Yeah. And fortunately the scales dropped from just enough people's eyes. It's true. To get yeah. the guy to get the guy that they didn't you know, that they didn't say it's could be true. trusted, this, that and the other. Leaving us once again as the worst country. Yep. Reclaiming our rightful place. Reclaiming our rightful place as the world leader. It's us and Israel. Absolute God alone knows. What the hell are they doing, idiocy? And that makes me very proud. Yeah. Right, go on then. Next week. Next week. I know that there's going to be some element of vengeance. Next week, from 1982. Oh, God. I don't have a date, but we can presume it to be from November or December. Yeah. Because it's on Channel 4. Oh, okay. Well, good good detective work. Yeah. Yeah. It's Splash with David Wilkie. <laughs> Is this a competitive it's show? It's uh, Swimming with... Lessons. Oh, Swimming Lessons. Yeah, Swimming okay. Lessons. Half an hour. Uh-uh. Like I say, I flicked through it. I haven't sat and watched it yet. But when I flicked through it, 
Uh, I was almost hysterical within 30 seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, although I don't know whether I skipped to a particularly juicy bit or whether actually the whole of the fucking program was like that. But we'll find out. I'll probably sit down and watch it a bit later tonight or tomorrow. Oh, God help me. Right, well. So there you there go. go. Yeah, Splash. That's what we got to look forward to. Splash with David Wilkie. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. Well, the good thing is, you know, it's one of those ones where even if it's not a good program, we might learn something. We yeah. might learn something that could save our lives. There's two episodes on YouTube, which is remarkable if you think about it. It is, yeah. <laughs> Fucking splash with David Wilkie. Anyway, I've, 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 I'm done with Russ Abbott. I'm, except I'm totally not, you know. If he's got yeah. a funny joke, if he's got a, a quick croon he wants to do, then I'm open to listening to it. But I can't guarantee mm. that I'm going to like it. But it better be better than this. It better be better than this bullshit. Okay, we'll be back again same time next week. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye.